for once in a lifetime. You need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast. All right, guys. Super excited to be here with you all. Another great closer success call coming right up. And we're filming for my new office. You guys can tell we have a different backdrop today. In here we have all of our cameras. Um, we have our green screen over there. You know what, I'll actually turn my computer so you guys can see what we're talking about. Cody here with us. So this is the office. This is the film studio. Got all the lights. You can see out the glass doors, out the windows, etc. So super stoked to be here. We're gonna have a bunch of cool training stuff coming out now that we're here. And so when you guys are in town, make sure to let us know so you can come get some training videos recorded so your wisdom can be shared. And speaking of wisdom being shared, today we've got a super good call with Chandler Rust. He is the closer that we are highlighting for this week's success call. And I'm really looking forward to it. Chandler and I have been working together for the last, I think it's been what, six to eight months here together at Empower. And I've known him for even longer than that. I've known him for probably six to eight years, but we've been working together for like six to eight months. Chandler, did you, when did you commit to working at Empower? Was that late August? Yeah, that was the end of August. The end of August. And then you started recruiting like crazy. Now you're out there selling. So guys, Chandler's got a lot of good things to teach us. Make sure, as always, if you have a question to unmute your mic, ask the question. Right when you get done asking the question, if you can push mute again, that's best. Whereas there's some pretty bad reverb, if not. And feel free to write them down so you don't forget. We really want to have a good interactive call where everybody's learning from each other and kind of moving in that right direction. So as an intro to Chandler, Chandler, tell us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up, um, your education throughout life, any sports you may have played, future plans and goals. Just tell us a little bit about you, like a little bit two-minute two elevator speech about you. Okay. Um, I'm from Highland, Utah. Went to Lone Peak High School. Um, went on a mission to Bolivia, Santa Cruz North. Got a lot of people at this company who I either served a mission with or went to high school with, so a lot of uh, connections there. Um, and it's kind of cool because the, all my friends who are from those two different worlds have really come together at this company and are just the best of buds, which is fun to watch. Um, then I got home from my mission, went to school, first day at BYU, I met a girl, married her, um, named Kennedy. She's great. Right now, um, a little like twenty years old. Uh, so we're super happy. I believe that's that's happening. Um, am I being heard? Can people hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you very good at the beginning, but the last little bit kind of got a little bit jumbled up. I'm not sure if it's on our end or if it's on your end. How is it for other people on the call? Could they hear Chandler perfect or is it just us? It's pretty it's choppy. choppy. Pretty yeah. choppy. Chan, I don't know if you can. Okay. I'm, in, I'm in Stockton, California, bro. The Wi Fi is not great there in Stockton, huh? Let me see if I can just move parking spots. Maybe I'm just in a dead spot. 
Awesome. So guys, I'll kind of kind of add on what Chandler said. He said he's from Alpine, Utah. He went to Lone Peak High School. And he went on a mission and the first day home from the, or kind of his first day at BYU after the mission, he met his wife. Kind of the classic story, dude. Met the girl at BYU day one and married her six months later. Is that right, Chan? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Yep, that's the story. So I met Kennedy first day of school at BYU. Um, we got married a year later. She's pregnant now. We're having Don't a forget girl. who introduced you to. Dallin Hale introduced us. Good guy. <laughs> Very nice. He uh, set up my life for me, my family. So um, we are building a house right now in Saratoga. I'm not sure if I'll ever get to live in it, but uh, it'll be fun to have there. <laughs> uh, it'll be cool to have living aside. And you just said that Kennedy's pregnant. I don't know if you guys caught that, but Chandler's wife is pregnant with their first. It's a little girl. They just found out last weekend they're having a girl. I'm sure it's exciting for you, Chan. Yep, very exciting. And then when does she do? When's your wife do? August 25th. August 25th. Awesome. So guys, we're super excited to have Chan on the call today. He's very wise on, I'm going to kind of say a few things I know about Chan that he hasn't mentioned. I've loved working with Chandler because he's very intellectual. He's very logical. He's very, um, he's very wise, I would say. And I think that comes from life experience. I think that comes from a lot of things like high school and missions and being married, whatever else. But also Chandler went to BYU, he majored in accounting. And Chandler, you're currently finishing your last semester of the master's program at BYU in accounting. Is that right? Are you finishing up school right now? Yep. That's what I'm finishing up, the Mac. The Mac. And so you're doing school every week on top of doing sales, on top of everything else. You graduate in end of April and I'm sure you're excited. Yeah, I literally cannot wait to be done. Um, I, I, I definitely am not getting great grades right now, but you know, C's get degrees. Just need that diploma to go on the office wall in that new office, right, Jake? Dude, that's the only reason you need a diploma. That is the only reason you even go to college for the piece of paper. I can make you one as well if you want it sooner. But super cool. So that's why Chandler, he's very well rounded. He's done, he's done a year or no, he did two years of pest control with Green X. He did his first rookie year in 2019, I think. And in 2020, he ran a team there. And then right when he got home from the summer last year, he reached out to me and said, Hey Jake, are you still doing solar? And I had known Chandler since high school. We weren't super tight friends, but a little bit different ages. We weren't super close friends, but definitely knew each other, definitely had respect. I mean, at least I respected him. And when he reached out to me and said, hey, are you still doing solar? I was shocked. I had heard through the grapevine that Chandler Rust was Mr. Pest Control. I had heard that he was like the man with the plan. Pest Control is life. Green X is home. He's gonna live and die there. Yada, yada, yada. In fact, a lot of people on this call I had talked to because they went to our high school and they all told us, oh, they all told me, you'll never get Chandler. You'll never get Chandler rest to leave Green X. And then he DM me or texted me or whatever it was the day he gets home and says, hey, you still doing solar? And Chandler, when you first reached out to me straight up, dude, I thought you were trying to like get into a Bible bash. I thought you were trying to tell me to not talk to your guys or something this season. I was shocked to hear you say, I want to meet up and learn about it. And Chandler met up with us, Brandon and I went to lunch with him and we talked for a while and he found out it was a good fit for him. 
Since then, he's been recruiting guys like crazy from August till January. He's been out there selling from January, I think he got out of January 1st or 2nd, started selling like the 5th through the 8th, something like that. And guys, to give you guys a few facts about Chandler, he's currently sold 39 deals this year in the last two and a half months, January, February, half of March. 30 of them are still pending, still active, and he's had nine installs already. And I could be off on the installs because you have more this week, right Chandler? So correct me if I'm wrong, but he literally has had nine installs, 30 deals pending on top of doing school, on top of running a large organization. And I think right now in your org, there's probably 40 or 50 active reps out there. Is that right, Chandler? Yep, we got a little squad of 40 right now in Stockton. Awesome. So there's 40 reps he's over, and so he's doing all this at the same time. So Chandler, the first question I'll pose to you is, Dude, what is your schedule like and how are you doing time management? How are you balancing handling 40 reps, right? As kind of like a mid, you're kind of a divisional, regional type role right now on top of selling. Dude, you're averaging like 20 deals a month or so, I think, or maybe even more than that because you haven't been out there for three full months or right around there, 20 deals a month, 15 to 20 deals a month on top of learning how to sell solar, finishing your degree, and you have a pregnant wife. Right, like how are you handling this lifestyle? What's been going through your head? How's your work-life balance compared to last year in pest control and this? Just kind of give me your thoughts about time management and your schedule right now. It's been pretty crazy, man. Um, don't have a lot of time to really do much else. Um, so typically, you know, waking up, in the morning and, and getting a lot of administrative things done in the first hour of the day, um, making sure everyone's area is cut and, and making sure all the decks are built and everyone's got things ready to go. I'm doing a lot of like planning right now for summertime, coordinating housing for this many people is really, really complicated, especially because in May we have right now 55 confirmed more reps arriving. So that'll put us at a count of 95 in May. And so funding that has been a lot of fun. Um, so that takes a lot of time right now. And then usually I have an appointment at 10 o'clock or 11. And then um, at the same time, I'm kind of supposed to be doing class or listening into a Zoom class at 8, 8 a.m. I have a Zoom class every day at 8 and a Zoom every day at 1. And so I usually listen to my Zoom while I'm doing the administrative garbage stuff, fun stuff. And then I'll go to my appointments for a few hours and then go to get some lunch, listen to my other Zoom class, and then um, go to about three or four more appointments after that in the day. If I have any time, I'll go and, and knock with some reps who are struggling, um, if, there, if there are any. And then at night when I get home, I'll, I'll do some homework and some more administrative things until about uh, 11.30, midnight-ish, and then I'll usually um, hang out with the with the roommates for a little bit. Right now my wife's in Utah just because she's like, I'm just, there's just no, there's no point in being here with you because there's, you're not here ever. So she's just hanging out in Utah for the next little bit um, until my schedule kind of maybe comes a little less crazy um, in the next few months. Because my goal is to sell, have 50 installs before summer. 
um, or at least 50 accounts that get installed eventually before summer. Um, and then um, my, my, my duties might shift come May. Um, but we'll see what happens there. So my goal is to have 50, 50 accounts that eventually get installed um, before May. And so I'm kind of grinding as hard as I can right now to get that done. So it's pretty crazy schedule, I would say right now. Dang, dude. So you're challenged. You're working for how many hours a day right now? All of them. All of the hours. <laughs> probably. Um, no, it's from like probably from nine, nine until eleven every day. So you consider work hours at nine a.m. to eleven p.m. Yeah, it would be like even eight thirty to eleven. So I mean, you're probably doing fourteen hours to fifteen hours a day on average. Yep. But you're definitely seeing the fruits. So I think for a second, guys, it's important to realize that this is this job 100% is a sacrifice, right? Summer sales in general is a sacrifice. But Chandler, what's your why? Why are you willing to work for 15 hours a day and not see your wife very often, right? And to live with all these guys, like, what is your why, dude? What keeps you going? How do you do that day in, day out? Um, for me, you know, time is the biggest thing, you know, I've kind of had like a more pretty surreal experiences lately where, you know, I want to be a part of, you know, certain events with my family. I want to be there for my kid coming. I want to be there for my, my, my parents and my siblings and my in-laws and like, um, like even just like the other day I was at home and like my dog, my childhood dog, you know is getting old, you know, these kind of things, you know, I don't want to miss out on, on, on life with what people and things that I care about. And so I know that if I grind hard for the next few years and make this work with this company, um, that the payoff is going to be, you know, enough to really set me up for life to work. I can't have all the time that I want to spend with things that are important. So I'm more than willing to make these short, these, these kind of shorter term sacrifices and put it all out there to have, you know, a life of leisure that I can spend as much time as I want with people that I care about. Um, so that's kind of my why is, you know, um, everyone wants to get off, you know, get off the doors, you know, in, in sales and, and honestly, there's no better place to do it than, than here. So we're all grinding, building teams, selling accounts, building our own resumes, our own credibility so that we can, uh, um, enjoy life off the doors you know, one day in the future. I think that's an awesome why. I think that a lot of reps probably feel the same way is it's worth sacrificing now to live later. There's a quote by um, Dave Ramsey, the financial guru, freedom guy. And he says, live like nobody else to live like nobody else. Right. And it's the idea that, Hey, at, you can either live like nobody else now. So later you can live like nobody else or you don't. So right now, living like nobody else looks like going to California, not seeing your wife as much as you might want to, um, working 15 hours a day, doing that every day, dedicating your nights to phone calls and mornings to calls. I think it's work like nobody else will so you can live how no one else can. There you go, exactly right. And so that's what we want to instill in you guys is 
we do have a crazy opportunity. I have felt the same way as Chandler before. I, I thought, man, I'm working 15 hours a day, every single day, why am I doing this? And you have to find your why, you have to find motivation and keep on going day in and day out. So Chandler, now you've been doing this for about two and a half months, the month of January, February, and half of March. What do you wish you would have known? I mean, there's a lot of guys on this call that are brand new. They just got out there last week or two weeks ago. I'm literally seeing on my screen four people that I know of that have been out there for less than two weeks. So if you go back the last two and a half months, what would you change? What have you learned? I feel like I've, I've really worked pretty hard. I don't know if I would change too much. Um, maybe maybe I, I would recommend to people who are new, you know, take take your time, you know, learning how to set before you jump into closing, you know, really understand and how to provide yourself, be self-sufficient with feeding yourself with deals. You know, the, the master setter is way more valuable than the master closer. Um, so that's that's one thing I've kind of seen some reps struggle with is that they, you know, we they jump they, they want to get into closing too quickly, um, just because there's once they jump into that there's no you you cut your time in half you know you have to be able to set deals for yourself but um, the big the big thing too I think I would say to everybody you know is the the solar coaster like they, we talk about it every single week but. It's, it's like, that is the biggest thing with solar, the biggest obstacle I would say is, is the solar coaster. Like literally, I've watched every single rep on my team now go through it. Even, you know, um, even T. Hutch, you know, who has probably I think, the second most amount of closes in our, in our office, you know, probably be the rookie of the year. Um, I, I watched him go through, you know, a few week span of, of, of struggle. And I've watched every one of these reps go through a few week span of, you know, of kind of some dry, and then the following three weeks they have they have twelve deals, and so um, just do not get in your own head. You cannot get in the way of this of the company and of the product. This product sells itself, and when you when you get in your own head, when you get in a rut and you start panicking, you get desperate. You get in the way of the product, or to get in the way of the system at the place. Um, I was telling some other day that this 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 company and this product. Is a it's a fine-tuned machine. Um, it's well oiled. It's ready to go. All you need to do is just put in the gas. You know, um, which is effort, right? If you just put in the effort and have a positive attitude about it, um, the machine will do what it's supposed to do, and it'll spit out money all day long. So just don't get in the way of the machine with any negativity or self-doubt or uh, letting those ruts last longer than they should. Interesting. So what you would take away, what you've seen is mindset is everything here, right? You can't, you can't let yourself get down. You can't feel bad for yourself. You have to stay motivated and stay hungry week in and week out. And when you have a hard week and when you're in a funk, you've got to figure out the best way to get out of it, right? Chandler, what have you seen for your guys that have these funks or for you? What is the best way to get out of a funk? How do you reverse this and get back on your feet? I always tell my guys to do just like a mental reset, you know, um, just that evening go and like sit down, just close your eyes, meditate and just like mentally reset. Go back to that time where you had those three closes in a week. Remember what you felt, refine that motivation and just do a mental reset. And the next day, 
Um, it just kind of re- revisits everything you you came out here to work for. Um, you find a, a new, you know, the confidence that you left behind a few weeks ago or a few days ago. You do a mental reset and get back out the next day. And usually that, you know, is what it takes to kind of restart the process and get out of the silver dip and get into the climb. Interesting. Some, I would agree with you that mental reset is definitely the first thing to do. Chandler, a thought that I just had is a lot of girls use Marco Polo. Have you heard of that? The app? The app, Marco Polo. <laughs> I would imagine if as a sales rep, you started using Marco Polo with your other sales rep friends, which I know you guys have a few of them, then you could definitely grab an appointment, send a Marco Polo. I don't have Marco Polo. I've never done this, but you could send a Marco Polo to a Chandler. Dude, I just closed an 11 kilowatt. It was sold at a 3.94. I just made tons of money. I'm stoked. Happy family. Like, if you share your experiment, experiences with your family or your friends or each other, and you are in a funk, those are some good videos to watch back, right? Because what you just said is try and envision the time when you were selling three a week. Or try and think of those happier times. Maybe if you go back and watch those, watch your own little highlight reels, right? That's kind of what you're saying to do. That would be great. So if you feel like you're the guy that gets in funks all the time and has highs and lows, maybe record those highs. Maybe don't forget them and go back and use them later. Kind of pull the cookies out of the cookie jar, as David Goggins says and reuse those. Chandler, have you noticed that the way success works is it's not a straight up line. We always teach that success, you go up and then back down, then up higher and then back down, then up even higher, but the goal is to get better and better every time you have a rise. Have you seen that? I mean, with Hutch and some other guys that have struggled, when they do figure it out, they're always better than they were before. Have you noticed that? They do. They come out of that refiner's fire, right? And um, I think as well, you know, part of solar, you need to be okay with you need to you need to be okay with the dips, you know, in in your production. You know, what the last thing you can do is let that get to you. Um, and, you know, if if reps go furious about anything, the the worst thing to hear is, "Hey, man, what am I doing wrong? What's happening now? Like, you know, what have I changed something? Like, why am I sucking? You know." And, you know, and they get in their own head, they get, they, they lose all their confidence. In this job, you just have to be okay with sometimes there's going to be a drought or two here and there. It's just the name of the game. It's how, it's how it is. Um, and just being okay with it, you know, okay, yeah, no worries. You know, you know, tomorrow will be better, you know, and just having the mental, you know, maturity or, or capacity to just be okay with the occasional struggle is going to help you overcome those so much faster. Uh, you know, there's a, I, I listened to electric people the other day and they're saying, if you're not failing 30% of the time, then you're actually failing overall. Uh, because that means you're not trying hard enough. And so you need to be okay with that 30% failure, right? You need to be okay with that because it's going to happen because that means you're pushing yourself. That means you're, you're becoming better. You're getting better. Um, and you're on your way to making, having more success and making more money. Hmm. I love that. Well, Chandler, you've closed a lot of deals this year, and what what percentage would you say of those are self-gen and then have a setter setting for you? Is it 50-50, or what do you think? Um, the majority have been set for me, Okay. For sure. But you definitely had some self-gens this year, right? 
Yeah, I've had a few. Awesome. And so I think a lot of closers in our company are doing both right now. There's lots of setting going on, lots of closers, lots of set closers, self-gens, whatever. When you go into an appointment, Kenna, what's your regimen? Do you use the deck? Do you have a time limit? Like when you walk in there, what's the first 10 minutes looking like? Definitely just building rapport. Um, or report, as Dallin would say. Um, building rapport, <laughs> you know, becoming their friend, going through the basic questions, you know, family, education, career, hobbies. Um, uh, so building rapport, I, I always try to, you know, have the approach that I'm just like a, like a consultant. I'm there to just help them find the best option for them. But at the same time, you know, giving the, giving off the impression that they're doing one of them that day, you know? So I'm not, I take the approach of being a consultant and being someone who's, who's not there to pressure them one way or another, but I also assume the sale very heavily, um, so that they, I'm not getting a lot of two-touch appointments and things of that sort. So I'm not, so, I'm not so consultant-like that I'm not, you know, oh yeah, you know, take take your time, take your three weeks, you know, to think about this. You know, I'm still, I'm still assuming the sale, but as a consultant kind of personality. What kind of keywords are you using to assume that sale and the close? Um, I was telling you know, I'm not biased. You know, whichever one of these options you want to go with. I can facilitate and make those happen. Which one's kind of more up your alley? Which one kind of calls your attention more? Because we can talk more about that. We'll, we'll go down whatever avenue they think calls their attention more. And then from that point forward, I'm just I'm just assuming the sale. You know, okay, great. So you're going to be you're going to using a lot of assumptive language. Mm. You're going to save this much over time. You're going to build this much value in your home. You're no longer going to rent power from PG&D. Um, you're going to avoid PG&E's rate hikes, a lot of assumptive language, and okay, the next thing to do is get, just get you qualified, um, is your credit score survived COVID, and then just go from there. So, assuming the sale has worked you know, tremendously well, once, you know, after I kind of take that initial consultant approach of helping them sell, or letting them sell themselves on it, so show them all the options, let them pick one, then I kind of let them sell themselves on that product, you know, using that uh, assumptive language, I would say. I love that. I think that's super, super critical and beneficial. I think sometimes we're too nice. Do you think, Chandler? Sometimes the sales reps, we're too, too, we're too kind, we're too standoffish. We're too chill, maybe you could say. And Yeah, I, I think for some people like that can work, but um, if you if you do it right, and then for some people it doesn't work, because then they just don't get any. They just, no one ever no one ever pulls the trigger. Totally, know? totally. I think you gotta find your medium and that kind of your level, your line where the mojo is working for you. But that I was the same way when I was selling. I never said things like, "Hey, if you guys want to, if you decide to, then you could like, save money on your power bill. If you guys think that's a good idea, then you can do this." It's this is a good idea, so you guys will save this. You guys will be now on clean energy from here on out. Like even from the very beginning of the deck, I don't know if you would agree with this, Chandler. I'm definitely rusty, but even on slide eight or whatever it is, when it's going over there, old bill and the new bill, I say, okay, you were paying this. From now on, you're gonna pay this. 
right? It's not like it's a question. It's not a question mark. It's not a possibly you might like, no, this is what you were. And now this is what you're going to pay. Mm. And so I, you got to yeah. direct. You, you avoid the words like would, you would pay this or, or if, or you, or can. It's more of like you are going to, or you will kind of language. And that's, you can do that in a very, in a very passive way too. You don't, you don't, you can do that without being, you know, a, a pushy person. Some people say they can't do this because they're not pushy people. I th think, I don't think I'm pushy at all. You know, um, I think there's a big difference between being pushy and being confident. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. So Chandler, through the deck, you're using kind of assumptive language. You are assuming the sell. You're moving forward. On top of that. You have the your build report in the beginning, and then you assume the sell throughout. At the very end, how do you transition to actually getting them to sign up or to to sign the docs or kind of moving on? Um, so after that, that last, I do I do use a slide deck. By the way, um, I don't use it in like exact order. Um, I kind of have it there as more like visual aids, and I really try to build like or have a conversation with them. You know, have a dialogue. Because um, if you can have a dialogue with them instead of just, okay, you know, hold all your thoughts, all your questions in presentation, let me go through this slide deck, um, definitely don't, I definitely don't do that, you know, I try to make it a very, you know, very good dialogue, hey, look, have you looked in the renewable energy before, you know, what do you think before, what has changed, here's what's changed, here's what you're using, here's how what's changed can benefit you, and make it a conversation um, using the deck, and then at the end, you know, Awesome. So, do you have any questions? What What are your What are your thoughts? Do you even want to see? Do you want to see if you're even qualified? And they usually go, Yeah, you know, I don't see why not. Why not see if we're qualified? Because they sold themselves on it in the first place. And then, and then I go into the NEM portal or whatever portal, Sunrun, and and qualify them. And if they qualify, you know, awesome. Looks like you're you're approved with you know with flying colors. Great job. It pays up good credit in this country. You get the best programs like. Um, let's just build a few docs. Um, this will allow us to get our processes started, get the drone out here, and get your, your home measured. Um, go ahead and pull up your email from real quick. I'll send you these documents. Awesome. So, again, a lot more assumptive language, a lot more positivity on things, right? So. Yep. Yep. So and I think, too, I think like I, I use a lot of like, you know, I kind of minimize the sale a little bit, you know, I try to, you know, while being very transparent about what it is, you know, so once we sign these, we can now start our process. We can now get the drone out here. We can start surveying your home um, to see exactly where, where your panels are going to go. And so instead of being, okay, we're going to fill these documents and instead of focusing on the, the kind of the scary side of it, you know, okay, you're signing docs. Um, it's a 25 year debt that's going on your credit, you know, and kind of maximizing the sale that way, you can minimize, you can minimize the negative or minimize the process overall. Um, and I think make it a very, a very a much less scary process for the customer because they, they know what's happening. And if you can make it seem casual, act like you do it 20 times a day. Um, like I don't show any emotion really when they're, when they're filling out docs and you approve, you know, yep, looks like you're approved. Uh, nice job pays up good credit. Let's get these docs filled out and we'll get our process started with the drone out here pretty soon. And we'll go through the docs with them. 
Dude, I think that some things you just said there are very, very true and on the money. People want to feel like everyone else is doing it, mm -hmm. right? We all want to feel normal. As weird as that sounds, like we actually don't want to be special. We don't want to be the one-off. We want to be normal. We want to fit in as humans. And so if you can make them feel like, look, dude, I do this 20 times a day. Sweet, you passed. Let's sign up. Doesn't matter to me. Like, you obviously don't want to be dull and annoying, but you don't want to seem like, oh my gosh, you passed. This is crazy. They're like, wait, what do you mean? This is crazy? Like, yeah, wait, this never happens. <laughs> like, you don't want to have that dialogue. You want them to be very assured that this is a nonchalant, typical process, happens every day, they're, they're crazy not to do it, type of thing. So I love that, I love a lot of those little nuggets you just shared about your process. And then when you leave and you're wrapping up the clothes, right when they sign docs, do you just walk out? Or how's that last five minutes go usually? Um, no, I'll, I'll usually, you know, chat them a little bit more, get the docs signed, you know, make sure I have a really clean deal, make sure I get the UB utility bill, driver's license, um, get all the docs signed, convert it over to customer with them, and then I'll, I'll chat with them a little bit more, because usually while we're, while we're filling out the CPUC and we're filling out, getting the driver's license and the utility bill or verification of the income, I'll spark up some conversation about things, you know, about TV shows that they're watching or just things in their life that we were talking about prior. I'm just kind of revamp re that conversation so the document signing process is very, very friendly. It's very, it's very, it's a positive energy. It's not serious. Like it's not, it's not a very like scary process for them. And so once, once, like a lot of times we don't even know the document signing process is, is done. We'll just be like caught up in a conversation and they're like, okay, yeah. So what was next? Sorry, we got distracted. And I just go, oh, we're done. We're, there's nothing else to do. We're, we're good to go. The site surveyor will be here on Wednesday. Awesome. So. So you try to get the pressure off the document signing process by getting back to the conversation, engaging, um, making like letting them know you're a regular person again, that solar's not all you're obsessed with, stuff like that. Yeah, just make it just make it a very non I think we lost you, Chan. Chandler, are you there? We can't, we lost you. Oh, this is Chanception. <laughs> My phone just melted. Yeah. I heard your phone is melting. You say your phone? My phone's like 100 degrees, the temperature going down. Okay, see so you on your iPad now? I'm gonna mute your last one then. Can you still hear us, Chad? Yeah, I'm on Awesome. So, anyways, you just try and wrap up. I, you kind of the last thing you said, it kind yeah, of cut yeah. out. What, what was that last part? You said you try and take the pressure off and do something else. make it a not a not scary process where we don't need to make things so serious on the customers or like so scary for them um, we know it's that'll help them they know it too so the 
the, the least you know intimidating you can make it, uh, the better. And I, I always focus on you know I always make sure I talk about okay I want you to look at this right here. Look at this. You see this number? It says twelve months of fifteen dollar payments. And it says two hundred and eighty eight payments of one hundred and ninety. Remember when I told you it was one hundred and thirty? Um, so it's going to be one hundred and ninety if you take if you don't give that tax credit to the company. It's it's your money. You can do what you want with it. And so I'm making it very non not intimidated. You know, it's totally your decision. It's your money. You can do it what you want with it. But if you don't give it to the company, the payment will just be one ninety. So um, it's totally your decision, though. Um, just making it not very scary and overcoming a lot of the things that can kind of kill your deals later on, um, such as uh, you know that the tax credit issue, the true bill issue, kind of closing the doors with them. Uh, I do that kind of at the end of the process as well. I kind of close all those escape routes for them so they can't call me in three days and, and hear from their neighbor about something and try to escape. Yeah, I think that's good advice right there is when you are doing the documents, from what I've seen, I think what Chandler's saying is you want to go through some of those key points in the docs. You don't just want to leave without you explaining anything because then they're going to read those over again a week later, two days later. And they're gonna be like, wait, payment of 190, he told me 130. And they get flustered, they start having doubts, and they start reading more into it, and they have more doubts, and they start talking to their neighbors, they have more doubts. And really, that whole doubt tree started from just the documents, just something they read, they don't understand. We gotta remember, guys, this is our job to be the experts, not theirs. They don't understand the tax credit, they don't understand why the payments are going up on a PPA, they don't understand an offset how you're getting more power. They forget that on cloudy days, they'll still be fine, right? Like there's so many things that they don't know that can like foster a little home for doubt for them and they can get bigger and bigger and bigger. So Chandler, you're just saying you really want to try and tie up all the loose ends to it, the documents, anything scary in there. So if they pull those back up, they understand what's going on. Yep. Chandler, do you ever at the end, something I like to do, and I'm curious if you do this, do you ever walk them through the stages from the time that you're going to leave till install? Yeah, I always try to set expectations as well about how long they'll go without hearing from us. Um, you know, I always tell them, you know, if you don't hear from us for two weeks after the site survey, don't panic. That's okay. It's totally normal. We're working very hard behind the scenes with the city of Peach to get, to, to get your permit through and get your panels ready. So. I would try to set the expectation. The better expectations you can set with anything, with recruiting or with your sales, um, just the better the process will go overall. Well, well, the last thing I do is say, okay, all right, you're all signed up. That's all we need to do, and then walk out. You know, make sure you, you know, you rebuild that rapport and um, set those expectations correctly with the customer. Awesome. I would agree with Chandler 100%. Expectations are so so critical. And they're so hard because you want to in sales and recruiting in the deck with the customer, with that rep you're trying to get that's selling active or whatever this summer. It's so hard because you want to be legit and realistic and you want to give them numbers, but you also don't want to overpromise. You want to be, they're gonna have a lot higher chance of coming over if you let them know it's not a perfect process. There might be some hiccups, there might be this, there might be that. And it's hard though because guys, obviously, Sometimes deals do get installed fast. I was talking to Chandler today about deals. He said, yeah, I've got two installs this week or today or something going through. One was 30 days and one was 60 days. 
Those are very different numbers. You know, one is exactly what we said, one's way off. And so you never know, so you always wanna try and give them a little bit longer of a window than you, than you think is true. So I might say, hey, the site survey, you might not hear from us for two or three weeks. That's totally fine, just like Chandler said. After that, they're gonna call you and give you results. They might schedule something that's two or three weeks out after that. They're working hard, they're going through the processes. Call me if you have any questions. Do you ever emphasize that, Chandler, to make sure they call you if you have any questions? Yep, we got some nice business cards I always leave. Cool. Well guys, I think that the last question I have for Chandler before I wanna open up to you guys is when you leave them, I have two questions. If you don't close them on the first time, what's your follow-up process? And do you have one? The next question I have is if you do close them on the first time or second time, whenever you close them, do you reach out to them a week later? Do you text them? Do you reach out two weeks later? Or are they just dark from you from there on out? Um, I just know from my, like from my own good, that if I don't put them on my calendar, it's very hard for me to remember them like, ever again. Just because, you know, the next day I have six new appointments and six new people to remember. If I don't put them on the calendar for the next week, then I, I, um, I might I might forget about them. So I usually do, I, I'm very, if they do want to wait about it, I'm very low pressure, you know, awesome, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I use Carson Law's line, you know, I live here, I'm here for the long haul, you know, kind of thing. Um, well, let me just put you on the calendar for next week so I don't forget about you. Um, and we can follow back and answer any other questions uh, that you might have. And I'll confirm with you next week. Does Wednesday, same time, same place work for you? And never had to say no. So you usually follow, like you always, if they don't close the first time, you always schedule a follow up. Chan, we missed that part. I think they're just, they're just not good. Yeah, I always, I always schedule follow-up. Okay, awesome. Well, guys, that was my question I have for Chandler. I want to open up to you guys. As always, feel free to ask questions. Chandler is crushing it. He is literally one of the top guys in the company right now. He's always on the leaderboards. So if you guys do have a question, unmute your mic and turn your camera on if you could, just so we can see who you are, who's talking to us, and feel free to ask away. Hey, Jim, I got a question. Um, What's up? When you go through, because I was, what are the main things you hit on in the CPUC? Like when you go over the contract, what things are you hitting on when you're going through? And um, you already explained you go over the, the tax credit on the Enium loan docs, but on both of the documents, what are the, what are the things you hit on every time? So the, the two things that will like kill deals more than anything are the tax credit confusion and the true up bill confusion. Um, for some reason, it's just such a hard concept for people to understand um, that their solar bill replaces their, their PG&E bill. Um, and so I'll, I'll, I'll focus on, you know, how net metering works in the CPUC, you know, talk about how, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to produce, our goal is to produce more energy than you consume, but you know, if, if the reverse happens where you consume more than you produce, then there will be a charge from PG&D. That's why we always oversize your system. So I talk about that in the CPUC because that seems to kill deals. If 
they think that they're getting two bills and that they might get this giant true bill that their neighbor got. So I always overcome that. I, I use the papers as like a way to overcome or to close those escape routes. Um, and so I'll talk about that, talk about the tax credit. I'll literally point out to them that higher payment on the, on the loan docs, um, the one without the pay down. Um, and I don't want them to just st stumble across it that night as they're reading it in bed and just feel like they got scammed. You know, that's the last thing I want them to feel. And so, um, for the most part, I'll, I'll point that out to them, um, unless I, unless they already understand it and they're good to go. Uh, but I'll point that out to them and, um, educate them on that. I think that will keep a lot of deals alive. Um, but with the, with the CPUG and other documents, it's kind of just, if, if they're just, you know, yeah, whatever, click, 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 you know, then I won't go, then I'll just let them go at their own pace. So I usually just let them go at their own pace of the documents. Yeah, okay. That helps, I guess, for um, if you just kind of see, like, you, you kind of introduce the contract in the NEM documents and you give a, like, vague overview of what's in there, but there's about 10, 10 or 12 different signatures. Um, do you ever like preface each each thing or if you think they might be weary like what does each signature mean is there any sort of preface you're giving them before they sign away everything so as long as i make sure those two main deal killers are kind of taken care of i'll let them go at their own pace so if they want to go through and read every line of it i'll go through and read every line of it with them and explain it all if they want to look at every single signature what it's what it's agreeing to i'll go through with them but if they're like yeah whatever and, and they just click through it that's fine as well as long as i made sure i've talked about those two deal killers the the true bill and the tax credit um then then it's, it's pretty solid cool thank you Great question, Hunter. I think that the documents are something that really ties up a lot of, of reps because they're scared of them. If I were you guys, I would read every single document yourself. I don't know if you've read them or not already. I would read the CPUC yourself. I would read the install doc yourself, the finance docs yourself, just to know what's in there when people ask you. I would do some due diligence. Any other questions for Chandler? And one, one way to kind of gauge on um, on Hunter's question, one way to kind of gauge like what speed they're wanting to go through is, you know, honestly, yeah, this is the this is the CPUC. It's the California Public Utility Commission's document um, that they send it to all their the, all the solar consumers. Go ahead and press get started and kind of go through it um, at your own pace, and then they'll either go through it quickly because they understand it and they don't care, or they'll go through every line and and read it all and explain it to themselves. I sure just let them go at their own pace and let them sell themselves. Okay. Good to see you, Andrew. So you're not, you're not, uh, yeah, good to be back. Um, so you're not walking through it on your iPad. You, you, you send it to them and you just tell them, uh, and then you kind of just give it to them to just scroll through and then just tell them to ask any questions if they have any. Yeah. Yep. After I've, after I've talked about those two things, then yes. Awesome. Guys, what other questions do we have for Chandler? I have one, Chandler. 
We got Cade Tulsa. Can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you, Cade. So one thing that I've been struggling with a little bit is hey, free overcoming. What? You're good, Cade. I can think you hear me still? Yeah, we can hear you. I think that Chandler's mic's delayed, so whatever he says comes like 30 seconds after he says something. I can see his <laughs> mouth move, and then I hear the words come. So you just keep on going. You're good. Okay. So, yeah, just something that I've been struggling with is pretty overcoming any kind of, uh, like, when I go through the office with them, I, you know, let them decide what's best. I've, I've run into customers wanting to still kind of look around, like get quotes from other people, um, talk to friends, make sure, you know, that I, everything I told them is right. You know, is that just something that, like, is that something that I need to work on in, like, building rapport and trust? Or is there something that I can do when I roll out those different options in the options slide to let them know that, like, these are the best options for you. There's nothing else out there. If you go shop around, everything else you're going to find is, you know, more expensive or whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I think a lot of that comes with comes with building rapport and building trust. But I think also in the kind of way you present it as well, using using more. Saying, Chan. Yeah, Chan, your I think your service is struggling. All we're hearing is Domi Arigato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> Okay, guys, well, because of Chandler's service, we might want to wrap up a little early. We're only five minutes off. We had a great call, 55 minutes worth of content. Chandler, we can't really hear you too well, so we're going to wrap it up. And, guys, if you have more questions for Chandler, give Chandler a call or shoot him a text. He's an amazing guy. He's very helpful. He can really, really point in the right direction. So hit him up. Text him if you have any questions, concerns, any comments you guys always have or questions. Write them down and save them for next week's closer success call to ask that closer, or feel free to call me, reach out to me anytime. Hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Chandler. A once in a lifetime, you need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast.